Hi, I'm Rima, and you're listening to Think Like a Scientist. In this show, we break down barriers between scientific thinking and modern-day actions. We do this by interviewing groundbreaking leaders for the result of providing you real-life tools and experiences that you can use to bring positive impact. Hi everyone, this is Think Like a Scientist. I'm Rima, and today we are going to welcome Manasa Mandu. She is a young inventor and student contributing to the fight against climate change. After witnessing the effects of energy scarcity in India at the age of 14, Manasa developed Harvest, a bio-inspired sustainable power solution. Manasa also developed Leaf AI, a fast machine learning tool that identifies common plant diseases in collaboration with plant pathologists and farmers, and has also received honors from the Google Science Affair and Junior Science and Humanities Symposium. Manasa also has a passion to make clean energy more affordable and accessible. She is currently a student at Harvard College studying bioengineering, global health, and health policy. Let's welcome Manasa. So how have you been doing so far? I know you said that you are just settling in your dorm right now, your second year. Yes, I'm doing well, and thank you for that. Very flattering introduction. <laughs> How are you, Rima? I'm doing good. I'm also going to prepare for the fall semester, um, especially after first year. It's all online and it's going to be finally in person. So I'm really excited for that, too. Yes, it's definitely been a big transition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I saw that you had so much experience um, with just innovation. And I feel like you had such a drive to make real impact even at such a young age and when did that drive start and when did you feel that you know motivation to really want to create something that had real impact around you that's a great question and a hard question too i i would say i feel like everyone wants to work on things that are kind of exciting and that are that have that you know have the potential to make a real world impact and I think the real problem is that people don't realize that they can do it like now. And, you know, I think that's the problem more so than like just having the motivation or the interest to do that. And I would say for me, um, honestly, at a pretty young age, like, you know, in your elementary school and your middle school years, it feels like you can't really do much, right? You are, you are a student and, you know, you're just going through school and, you know, like sometimes it might, uh, in the case of me, like I was very interested in like science and engineering projects. And when I get, when I first got started, I started off with science fairs. Um, if, if you've ever been to one and participated in one, yeah. So I started off with science fairs and, you know, the general premise of science fair, you select a pro like a question and you do a topic and, you know, you have your research and your experiments and all of that in a board. And when I first did science fairs, in like the sixth in the fifth grade or the sixth grade I hated them absolutely because like I I just I didn't know that you could kind of insert some of your personality into them I just thought you had to like just choose a standard project and just do it for the sake of doing it and you know that's never any fun like I think my project was on like the vitamin c content of different fruits and Obviously, it's great, and I'm sure there are definitely some people who are interested in studying nutrition and studying how it varies with fruits, but that was not something I was interested in. I just, I had to do it for science class, and that's what I chose. Um, so I didn't really think, 
you could do something different or contribute to a new evolving field. And, and I guess I didn't really have that in mind previously either. Um, but in terms of how I got started and started believing in myself uh, so that I could potentially make impact, like it, it, it started off as like a hobby. It was not never like, hey, you're gonna make something and it's going to have an impact and really hasn't had an impact yet either, so. And also like when you say adding a pers- the pers- your personality to the projects that create, how has your personality been, or how do you feel like you've combined that with the things that you've developed so far? Yeah, I, I think I've combined it with what I've developed so far because I, I'm the kind of person I love to make connections between different disciplines and I like bringing things together. And I think I've done that a lot. And I like building upon what's done previously and finding kind of like creative and like aesthetic ways to present them too. And I think I've brought that at some of my work. And also, like you also mentioned that when you were young, it's not that, you know, we don't have the motivation. We do, most people, we all do really have the motivation to want to create an impact on the world, but it's mostly believing that we do have the ability to do that, especially as a young age, at a young age. So did you ever experience that feeling of imposter syndrome when you were, which is like the feeling of, oh, I don't have that ability or I'm not capable or qualified to work on such projects especially at such an at like evolving fields that you know experts mm-hmm. are doing their thing you know what I mean for sure I I think imposter syndrome is just so like widespread <laughs> and you know it comes like I feel like when you initially get started working on something you you don't really you're just working on it you know but when it comes time to like actually present your work or to like reach out to other experts or like, yeah, for like any opportunities or questions, um, you know, it's very hard to put yourself out there. And I, I was not really someone who had connections and like with people who were involved with research, um, like at an academic level or in the fields that I was interested in. So, you know, you have to make, you have to introduce yourself, you have to send cold emails, you have to ask people questions and that's like that's intimidating because you know I've like it's very hard to separate yourself from your project or your idea right like whenever you get criticism it's like oh my god like they're criticizing me but it's it's not that you want that separation right um I you know you want to like in essay writing I've heard like you want to kill your babies right you want to like you know you want to like you have to subject your ideas to that criticism and to receiving that input and that's like very difficult to do right like no one wants to hear that hey this won't work at all but (laughs) yeah do you feel like it's still like do you ever still feel that imposter syndrome 100 percent like i feel like there's always going to be someone who is more qualified or more better than you in some ways and you know you just it's like I still feel it in my classes and college and whenever I go to speaking events, I, I've been invited to a number of conferences before and I took the opportunity, but like I was never like the public speaking type of person. And, you know, when you're in front of like 
hundreds, thousands of people, it's, it's very intimidating. So I always used to say to myself before presenting, you're not going to see any of these people anymore after this, which is not necessarily true, but like that, that's, that's what I did to kind of get over it. But, you know, at the end of the day, like it would be a lot worse to like not get the chance to share your ideas or to receive cool input just for the fear of being rejected or criticized in some way. Yeah. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up so much was because I also experienced that a lot and I didn't really like, it's not like now it is really starting to get, people are starting to talk a lot about it more, but uh, especially also in STEM or science or any of these fields. Like when I first went into it, I really just, I thought like, especially in middle middle school I just thought like I had I didn't have the cognitive ability to even like do it so me going into science and university that was very overwhelming because like especially in first year now that I you know I'm able to recognize it and I'm aware of it but when I was in first year it was like you know I worked extra hard um, mm-hmm. courses and, and all that because I just thought that I was like I just didn't have this like I had this like inherent like you know thing that I couldn't do it but anyways you know once it's once we talk a lot about it and then Mm -hmm. show that it's really that as something that uh we all experience it becomes it kind of feels a a bit relieving yeah could I add something on to what you just said so I've heard that a lot too just you know in your daily interactions with people they sometimes characterize themselves I'm a stem person I'm not right Mm -hmm. and you know, and it's it's so easy to kind of get wrapped into that. Like when I was in that age, I thought of myself as a STEM person. I was like, oh, I like math. I like science. And I still do. But like, I just realized like that type of, you know, limiting mindsets are not, not like, because science is for everyone, right? And everyone's voices deserves to be heard. And we just have to have this growth mindset Towards it. And I know these stuff are so easy to say, but like so hard to implement and to, so hard to think of yourself as, you know, as more than just like a label. Yeah, it's so good that you said that because like once I started to realize that it was really just a label and it wasn't, you know, something that really was true to who I am, like I could easily say like, you know, any labels is like, oh, I'm a STEM person or a science person. And it's like, that could also be, really limiting to when I was when I really didn't think I was that person so it makes you think like I'm not a STEM person so why am I in this and like I don't have the ability to do that but when we understand that like we're all learning at the end of the day even those experts Mm -hmm. and there's PhD students we're still all learning and you know having that growth mindset really is um, critical in just in every part of what we do not just academics or um, I know you did like you said you visited India. I wanted to go more into your experiences when you visited India. How was it? Was that your first like um, experience into really wanting to create something? I know, but not really at the same time. So, you know, my parents are from India and we've always gone back like every year from a very young age to like visit some of my extended family in different parts um, of India. And, you know, even then, you know, I was exposed to like the fact that like some of my family members live in more rural parts where they sometimes, you know, did not have access to um, electricity on 
in a reliable way where they didn't have air conditioning, where, you know, there, there are all these challenges um, that exist in the low and middle income country context. And, you know, that's not something I set out to want to address. Actually, um, I started working on some projects related to renewable energy and the more and more I thought about it, I realized that I could some utilize some of these like projects and hobbies to kind of address that problem. Um, I know like the whole like problem, like question and like designing solution, like that the whole scientific process or engineering design process, it often gets, you know, it's not like a linear way. When you wanted to, you know, work on renewable energy or making clean energy like electricity more accessible for example yeah did the, your experience really motivate you to do this or was it just something you knew was a critical thing now especially because of climate change initially it was my experiences I you know um obviously like climate change having renewable energy also really matters and I think that's always like the debate right with you know extending electricity access to other parts of the world? Are you going to rely on more non-renewable sources? Are you going to base it off of like existing like Western infrastructures or are you going to like rebuild it to suit their context? And, you know, obviously it depends on each country and each geography and a lot of countries have, you know, have managed to do like really cool things and have managed to utilize the natural resources that they have in their particular context. But yeah, I think that's an ongoing debate. I think I definitely was interested in addressing that as I got more and more involved in the research. Um, and that's the unfortunate part, you know, so like even a few, like even like a few years back, like we've known climate change is real. We've known of the dangers and, you know, like the consequences of it. But despite this, it's sometimes it's hard to like generate like gravity for like addressing the problem, like urgency, right? Um, a lot of my family and people I've known kind of were excited that I was tackling the problem. I think it's also important to acknowledge that there are a lot of really cool renewable energy companies and startups in India too. Like this is not some instant of someone in a foreign country like developing something to like, like it's not that. I was building upon the work of so many others and that this was an approach I thought was interesting to address the problem. Mm-hmm. that's interesting and also what's what is uh, this is going to be a quite a different like question but what is something that I ask this to all my uh, all the guests on the podcast what is something that um, you would ask yourself that I didn't that's a great question I would say um, that's such a good question like we discuss various different topics so far so it's it's difficult um, yeah it's okay they all take a pause yeah. a bit when I ask that what advice would I give my younger self or what would I do differently? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, so one of those two. Um, So I guess for advice I'd give my younger self is, you know, to not, again, it's so easy to give advice, but like so hard to actually follow it. But like to not get too concerned about like awards or like failures or getting rejected from various like competitions like just because someone says that it's not good enough or if you don't get the prize it doesn't mean that it's not 
a great idea or a great project like you just have to keep working on it it's not just time to like abandon ship um i wish i wish i'd like taken that to heart because like you know sometimes it's just so easy to think think in that way um like oh this is cool because like as long as you're like somewhat interested in it and you think it's a worthwhile problem to solve to continue um working on it um you know like that's like and like not just, and also like, don't be afraid to like step outside your comfort zone. Um, we didn't really talk about this, but in, you know, when I worked on Leaf AI, when I worked a bit with this machine learning stuff, I was completely new to it. And I'd, I'd wanted to learn what everyone else was doing because it sounded so cool. And there were so many resources available. Yeah, so I just, with, uh, like that was like one of the most interesting, cool things I've done, but that only came because I decided to step outside of my comfort zone and try something different. Um, That's a really interesting thought because we often just like want to stay in our comfort zone. It's obviously with like everything, but it's really cool. You mentioned that with your leafy AI project, it was you having to step out of your comfort zone with machine learning. I guess you said knowing if you feel like knowing that advice would have helped you, what is advice that you would give to your future self? Cause now we give it to your past. I'd say the same thing, like don't, especially like learning from peers, because that can be so exciting and informative. Like when you see people around you who are doing really cool things, like don't be afraid to be that first person to like reach out and ask like, so like, what are you doing? How did you get into that? And putting yourself out there. And just to like wind down now, what do you believe are the next steps for you and in, in the field? For Harvest, I, I would say I've, I've realized that it may not be the best solution is is what I realized since the time when I started my project. There are many ways to go about addressing it, but partially because of the materials that I utilized and the cost of these materials and just like in terms of their efficiency, it's not that great. So I've realized perhaps that's not the best way to address it. And that's completely okay because there's still the problem out there and there's still multiple ways to do it. So for Harvest, I think it's being revamped or being like changing course entirely. Um, in terms of Leaf AI though, I would say that I've realized that this is a very important problem and a lot of cool groups are working on it too. Like a lot of people in research fields and even like startups in different country, countries who are kind of tackling the same problem. I think what I've done does um, bring a slightly different approach to what they are doing. So I'd want to continue upon that potentially, um, you know, write up my work a bit more um, and really get, get what I'm doing out there because again, like collaboration, sharing what one's doing is really important. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that. And we talked about so many different things. Um, we touched on so many things and even just, uh, the personal aspect of developing projects and dealing with imposter syndrome as well as feeling and you know just advice to your younger self and the importance of making clean energy more accessible and thank you for that thank you so much Rima for hosting me here um I I would like to say something very briefly um now if if you have any questions or are slightly interested I my personal website it has a bunch of information about the various projects, but it also has a link to something else that I started working on last summer, 
It's titled hashtag see me in STEAM. It describes various students, their journeys of getting involved in a lot of different aspects from like, like astrophysics to like molecular biology, how, how they're kind of addressing their interests and dealing with, um, you know, their identities as well. For sure. I'll put that all linked in the description of this podcast. So I hope everyone here can go check her out and see what she's doing. It's very inspiring. So thank you for that. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.